Carpenters know what it means to clinch a nail. It's when you, you take a nail and you connect two pieces of wood with that nail. You drive it in there, but you don't stop there. You flip those two pieces of wood over and you bend that nail with your hammer so that there's no way for that nail to slide out. It's called clinching the nail. And this morning, as you can see, where we're going with our talk is he clinched the nails. Security in Jesus. And what I want to talk about is, and we're going to use these these pieces of wood as a picture. If you've got Jesus, okay, on one piece of wood, you've got the name of Jesus, and on the other piece of wood, you've got you. And we know from a biblical perspective, when you place your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, the biblical description is that you become in Christ. For the sake of where we're going this morning, we're going to talk about being attached to Christ. And I know that, that in this world that's filled with trials and temptation and, and sin, there are times where even those of us who have been attached to Christ for a while begin to, to fear that maybe somehow that attachment could come undone. That maybe somehow he will let me go that he will give up on me. And what I want to share this morning as we look at Jesus' own words and the the words of the Apostle Paul is that that's just not possible. Jesus clinched the nails. Now, I don't want you to take my words for it. I want you to take the words of Scripture for it. And as we do, we're going to actually attach these two pieces of wood and clinch the nails as you see in that picture. The first passage I want to look at is in John chapter 6. These are uh, Jesus' own words. And for the first nail that we're going to drive in, we want to look at the first part of this verse. All those the Father gives me will come to me. Jesus is saying that everyone that God draws to himself will come to Jesus, all of them. That's the first nail. If you've been called by God to trust in Jesus, Jesus says, you will come to me. It's a a promise. And as we talk about these promises, is that loud enough? (laughs) As we talk about these promises, you've got to ask yourself the question, what kind of God is it that we serve? What, What kind of promises would he make? Is he a God who is faithful or a God who changes his mind and goes back on his word. He's faithful forever. So that's the first nail. All those the Father gives me will come to me. Now we want to talk about clinching this nail. Check this out. I want you to listen to the words of Jesus. These are not my words. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. There's a double negative, a negative emphasis here. In the, in the Greek, it comes across as, whoever comes to me, I will never, never drive away. Words of Jesus. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. What is that will? This is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, 
but raise them up at the last day. What, the Father's will is that Jesus loses how many of those who come to him? None. Does Jesus do the Father's will? Yeah. So if even one that came to him was lost, would Jesus have completed his Father's will? Not according to his own words. So we're going to flip this over, and that, that's the clinch in this nail. I will lose none that the Father has given me. Okay, now we're going to flip it over and look at another nail in John chapter 10. The nail that he's going to drive in this time is pretty encouraging to me. Jesus just flat out says to the people that for all those who genuinely trust in him, come to him in faith. Obviously, we're not talking about just lip service and going through the motions. We're talking about those who have genuinely trusted in him. He says, no one will snatch them out of my hand. Now, who does, when you, when you say no one, does that leave room for, for anybody to snatch them out of his hand? No. It says, no one. That's the nail that goes in. What a... What a beautiful picture, right? Sitting in Jesus' hand. It gets even better. He's, he's going to clinch that nail with the second half of his promise. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I'm going to flip this over and clinch the nail. The picture is not only are we in the hands of Jesus, but it's as though Jesus' own hand is surrounded by the hand of the Father. You think anybody's getting out of there? I don't think so. These are just two sections of his promises by faith in Jesus Christ you are attached to Jesus according to his own promise and not just attached by his grace he clinched the nails beautiful picture right comforting picture I believe this is key if we're going to have victory in our lives as Christ followers because if we're always wondering did I do enough in a positive direction? Did I avoid enough in a negative direction? There's going to be an unsettled anxiety. If we know that grace is as grace is, by definition, unconditional and freely given by God and that he clenched the nails, it gives us a peace to move forward in the world. A couple more pictures of this. If those two didn't convince you, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God's not a quitter. He begins a good work, he finishes. And one, one last one that I, I think is beautiful. This actually comes at the end of a passage in Romans 8. I want to I read the whole end of the chapter there. Starting in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he's going to talk about physical danger first. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine? Anybody going through any trouble or hardship this week? 
or nakedness or danger or sword. Skip into verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. No physical hardship. He goes on to talk about spiritual danger. We all know we have an enemy of our souls, the devil and his comrades. Paul says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, no spiritual danger can separate us. And he goes on, just in case physical and spiritual dangers doesn't cover it for you. He says, Neither height nor depth nor, listen, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. (laughs) Beautiful, this picture of God's unconditional grace, mercy, and love toward us. And we might be tempted to say, okay, I believe that's true, What does it mean? So what? Okay, that's true. What difference does it make in my life? And the first thing I want to say is it it should naturally inspire a passionate love for God in our lives. When you know someone loves you unconditionally, unconditionally, when you know he loves you that way, doesn't... It make you want to just say, I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. You know, there's fear in the Bible from Paul's opponents that listen to him. Hey, if you preach grace like that, people are just going to say, hey, I want to just go on sinning. What did Paul say? He said, by no means. We, we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? It's not that we're not tempted anymore, not that we never give in, but we don't have to. And the desire of our hearts naturally ought to be I don't want to sin against this one that loves me with no strings attached. He loves me unconditionally. Next one, love for God. True joy and peace, I think, hangs on this truth. When you look at 17 letters in the New Testament, starting at Romans and ending in Revelation, 17 letters in there all start within the first four verses with the combination of grace and peace to you. Grace and peace go together. That's not coincidental. The idea here is that true peace, knowing that you're right with God and everything is settled in your heart with Him, only comes when you understand unconditional and free grace that God gives us. If you waver on that point and start to think that it depends on me in any regard, that peace goes out the window. When you have that settled in your heart, that it's everything He did to clinch those nails... You talk about a peace. We should be the most peace-filled people on earth. Next one is surrender to his will for our lives. Complete surrender. Now, I just want to pause here. We've been going through the book of Acts, and as we have, we looked at Peter and Paul and these others that go out and give their lives for Jesus to spread the word. How many of you believe they did that primarily because of some legalistic external list of I have to do this. I have to do this. How many of you believe it's because they knew God loved them so passionately he sent his son and through faith their destiny with him was sealed? That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.14. Christ's love compels us. 
because we know that one died for all. It was Christ's love. He knew he was loved. He knew Christ loved the world that compelled him. That, that's the drive for us today. When we know that unconditional love, it drives us. He goes on to say, and he died for all. Listen, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Far from saying, hey, I'm unconditionally loved no matter what I do, no matter what I think, no matter what I feel, I'm going to go live for me. The response is, no, look what he did for me. I'm going to surrender all to him. And last but not least, when we realize that he perseveres with us, with us, if you know yourself like I I know me, (laughs) and you know that God doesn't give up on you, that blows my mind every day. God does not give up on me. The response on our part is, I'm not going to give up in serving him. Paul wrote, let us not become weary in doing good. Don't give up. Persevere. For we're at the proper time. We'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Jesus clinched the nails. That ought to change our lives from the inside out. Lord, I thank you for these promises from your word. That grace is truly grace. It is unconditional. Eternal life is truly eternal. It is forever. It cannot end. Thank you, Jesus, that you lose none that come to you. And that we can rest in that confidence. And and Father, I just pray that you'd inspire us in this room out of a heart of gratitude to just love you with an overflowing love, to live life with peace that can only be explained by Jesus, to live a life of surrender and to live a life that just keeps on keeping on for you in your power because you don't give up on us, Lord. Thank you. I pray that this message would, would comfort all those in this room who have truly trusted and come to Jesus in faith. God, uh, encourage them with that. I pray for anyone in here that came in this morning saying, man, I, I need some unconditional love, some love without condition. And maybe they've never come to Jesus. Maybe they're hearing this and say, wow, I want a Savior like that. But you draw them, Father. Draw them in faith in their hearts to say, Father, I believe that you sent your Son. I believe he died for me took my sins upon himself and rose again. And I'm counting on that to be made right with God. If anybody's on the brink of that decision or made that decision, we'd love to get to know you, walk you through that assurance that comes in Jesus. Uh, Lord, thank you. And even as we prepare to take our offering for the church, Lord, I pray that uh, you would use what comes in to spread this message of a a Savior who clinched the nails on our behalf when we trust in him. In Jesus' name, amen.